Blog Talk Radio. Fantasy Sports and Politics. You want to talk back? You in the right place. So take a step back before I get all up in your face. I know you got to live. You know I got mine. But there's like 50 other dudes holding on the phone line. Your voice will be heard, sir. Next caller, please. And if I don't concur, we can agree to disagree. We're talking fantasy sports and politics. I cannot hear you. Hopefully you guys can hear me. I really hope you can. If not, we're going to keep it going anyway. JTATM Money says that he could not hear me, and I want to know why. I wonder if my microphone's acceptable or if anything like that's going down. If not, we'll keep it going. Uh, I'm going to bring him back on. Hopefully you can hear me now. Can you hear me now? I can hear you now, finally. Jesus. Well, you know what it was? It wasn't me. It wasn't me. No, 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 no. It was not me. It was you, because my microphone was fine, and I could hear you when you finally spoke. So, and I have not changed anything. So that was definitely you. No, it wasn't me, because I couldn't hear you talking at all. So, Again, so that's why I, it wasn't I me. Well, it wasn't me. I've heard that song before. Anyway. Oh, you know what? <laughs> Anyway, let's let's get past that, man. There's more more important things to worry about than whether we can hear each other, because we can hear each other now. Yeah, and I'm better. So let's get to this. Um, you, you claim that your team is Super Bowl bound. Oh yeah, there's no there's no two ways about it. It's it's a it's a, it's a I shouldn't say it's a lock, but it's damn near close to one. Damn, they're close to one. I, I, I oh. truly disagree. I truly disagree. Of course now, of course you, of course now, you will. That's, that's how you do this. Okay. No, we're, we'll do this. We'll do this. Uh, because this is a recap of the first couple of uh, picks. And let's go ahead and uh, go with your Texans first. Okay. Well, the first couple of rounds, not the first couple of picks, but the first couple of rounds. And... I, I, I got. Well, no. We're gonna go three rounds. Yes, we're gonna go three rounds, and we're okay. gonna talk about picks as they come off the board. Personally, mm-hmm. um, you, you're having an okay draft with the three oh, picks no, no. so far. Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson is a very good pick, especially dropping where he did. Zach Cunningham's a very good pick, underrated guy out of Vanderbilt. Uh, 
And then uh, Deonta Foreman is a good pick as well. Um, Oh, yeah. However, big time, big time runner in between the tackles, especially. Yes. Trust me. However, however, uh, I don't believe that those three picks are going to fix the ills of the Houston Texans. Um, Now, you claim you're Super Bowl bound, but Houston found the inside linebacker of the future, um, Mm -hmm. a Darrell Washington type defender in Zach Cunningham. Um, They also got uh, uh, Dante Foreman, uh, who's a solid running back. Uh, big guy, big guy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Thumper, man. And, a, He's a thump. and Deshaun speed. Watson, yes. Deshaun Watson is the person that I thought was the best quarterback in the draft. But saying that, Deshaun Watson also has some things he needs to fix before they he all can do. Uh, I, I agree. I agree. But There's no perfect uh, I don't believe. I don't believe he's going to be the day one starter, even though they drafted him to do so. It's a um, there is, based upon what you have there right now, um, I believe Tom Savage. Savage is, mm-hmm. is the quarterback right now, so there's a chance mm-hmm. that Deshaun could beat him out. But I, I really don't think that he's ready to be the guy just yet. I say give him a year or two to hey. learn and get comfortable in the system. Therefore, I do not believe Houston is Super Bowl, but especially – especially in a division where they have to go through the Raiders, where they have to go through the Patriots and the newly tooled, uh, especially in their division, Houston Texans. Now the Texans have had a pretty decent, I mean, uh, mean Texans, Tennessee, uh, Tennessee, uh, Tennessee, Tennessee Titans and the Indianapolis Colts who also I, had a very good I, draft so far. I'm, I'm dispatching the Colts. I'm really dispatching the Colts. Now I know they got, um, Malik Hooker, who's an outstanding safety, Quincy Williams, and Terrell Bashan. Bashan, I know that, and they needed defensive help in the worst right. But the weapons that we have, the defense that is established, has been established. This is not just uh, speculation. This defense has been established, top five or top defense, and, and if not, to say the least, a top ten defense. That won a division back to back years, um, has had a winning season, I think, except for one year that Bill O'Brien has been there. And did what they did without JJ Watt there for most of the year last year. Healthy JJ Watt, JJ Jadavian Clowney coming into his own and, and all the rest um on that defense. And the pieces they have on offense, it's obvious when they went to the um, uh, playoff game against um, the Patriots, what was sorely needed, and that was a quarterback, a, a ample quarterback, not just any quarterback, an, an ample quarterback. And a quarterback in this draft that they moved up and received was a gift at number 12. The winningest quarterback in this draft, Put up monster numbers against one of the best, better teams, if not the best team, even though um, they didn't win the championship. They won it last year. But he put up monster numbers against Alabama back-to-back years. And this year he, he beat 
Alabama in a clutch moment and been proven to be a clutch player in the big stage, 33-2. and 33-2. and two. I always go back when people start to disparage Deshaun Jackson and, and try to dumb him down a little bit from a saying that Mike Singletary always says, I want winners. Now, and Deshaun Jackson has been proven high school, college to be a winner, without a doubt. Now, listen, listen, listen. I agree with everything you said exactly, because that is also my uh, uh, argument when someone says that no uh, turns uh, Trubisky or somebody else deserve to go ahead of him. And my argument is always, and I did it on Thursday, and you forgot to unmute me on Thursday because I sat there listening and I was trying to give you my thoughts when we were picking, um, but that's okay. Um, you you have a guy that has excelled in the pressure cooker. Mm-hmm. Um, ACC is not the NFL. Got it. Playing Alabama twice. The SEC's best player, I mean best team, twice, nearly defeating them in the first uh, uh, attempt, and then coming back and dominating them on the second attempt and winning the championship. So that that shows the maturity level of, and he did it without his big-time receivers, and big-time running backs on both occasions. Now, Clemson had a, a nice defense, but that defense also gave up some points and made it a game. The difference is that Deshaun Watson brought the team back and made sure that they uh, were successful. Now, again, am I saying that this kid is no good? Nope. Am I saying that he is not the best player Uh, Quarterback-wise in the draft, nope. But what I am saying is that he is not going to take uh, the Texans to the Super Bowl or close to the Super Bowl for maybe two or three years. As long as David Carr and the Raiders continue to progress the way they have, as long as uh, Mariota continues to progress, and they just got the best receiver in the draft, the 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 uh, Titans did, if I'm not mistaken, with Mike Williams um, out of Western Michigan. Uh, and they've already got a solid running game with DeMarco Murray and a few other uh, pieces. What Tennessee's lacking is on defense, and I think they're, they're fixing it. Um, but, again, I, I think that uh, Watson is a gem of a player to get at that point, um, especially – Believing that he's the best quarterback in the draft from my vantage point. But let's go over all these other teams. I mean, I want to go over my team as well. Um, we got Monte uh, Nicholson as well. Let's go to your team. Since we're oh, talking well, about each other. Let's go to your team. Oh, that's fine. We go to the NFC East. Um, I think we've done well thus far. Uh, I love the two Alabama picks, even though I would have preferred that uh, – we, we picked up somebody, a different linebacker, but Ryan Anderson is a very good linebacker. 
Jonathan Allen is uh, a force in the middle. Some people, including uh, Todd McShay, and as well as uh, 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 Mel Kuyper, had him listed as the number two overall uh, best player uh, behind Leonard Fournette. Uh, apparently, they all weren't uh, sold on Garrett either, and I believe Cleveland made a mistake there, but that's okay. Um, Fabian Moreau was a good pick, uh, and I, I see why they picked him, because Soul Craven is supposedly moving to strong safety, which is a very, very good fit because he's a hitter, and he can cover people. And we just picked up uh, Samarj uh, Pegram out of OU, very, very good running back. And we just selected a, a, a safety, Monte Nicholson, out of Michigan State. Now, he's a little tight in the hips. He's not a cover safety. He's a safety that you put him in zone, he, he'll, he'll cover. Uh, but the thing is, he's susceptible to uh, play action because he's always looking in the, in the backfield. I like the pick because it's a, a need pick. And to get him in the fourth round, because uh, we had two fourth rounders, is good. Now, he's a hitter. He's a hitter. He'll bring some wood. But is he ready to be a starting free safety or strong safety? No. Uh, right now, D'Angelo Hall is the starting free safety. And as I said, Soa Craven is supposed to be moving to uh, strong safety, uh, middle, I mean, not middle, outside linebacker, sort of like a of a uh, Cam Chancellor type. I think they call him the Joker uh, position, if I'm not mistaken. But right now, we, we've done what, honestly, um, we needed to do. We've drafted defense, one running back. I still believe that we're going to pick up a quarterback at some point in this draft as a developmental player. Um, it might be a kid out of, uh, you know, uh, not so big school, but has the ability to learn and uh, be a uh, solid pick. Right now, I, I don't know who that is, um, but there's some people out there that can work it. Go ahead. All right. Um, um, well, I, I, I have to say, let me comment on, on the picks that you did. First three picks that uh, um, you you eloquently talked about all three of those picks, and, and, and uh, I'd have to concur with that. Uh, in the uh, fourth round, you picked, um, let me see. Samarji so Pegram. Just relax. Just relax. Let me, I'll let you talk. Didn't interrupt you. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Yes. I went over this Samarji already. Per Ryan. Now, I've watched, him, I've watched him play. This is one of your colleges that you like, so you probably watched him as much as you yes. could. I absolutely yes. love My alma mater. My alma mater. I, as, as I, I talked about you at nauseum over the last few months, over the last few weeks when we were able to get on the air, when we were able to get here on Saturday and be on the air, that um, plethora, a overabundance of running backs in this draft, that there's guys that are going to be picked that should be in higher, higher draft picks, but 
for whatever reason. What I know, for, I should say for whatever reason, but because there's so much talent, they get pushed down. And in my opinion, Samaj P is one of them. Yeah. 233-511, big size, solid back, able to run the football in between the tackles and also get out in space a little bit, and also catch the football. Now, I've always told you that I like um, dual-threat quarterbacks. Well, I, I revised that. I don't know if you've heard of my revision on about what I like out of uh, dual-threat running backs. I'm sorry. Um they have to be a Receiver. triple threat. No, no. Yeah. They have to be a triple threat. And a triple threat means they're a three-down back, and they, they they have to, one, quite naturally, because of the position, they have to be run, be able to run the football effectively. Number two, they have to be able to catch the football in space. And number three, in order to stay on the field on third down and not be replaced by a change of pace back, they have to be able to block and protect their quarterback when it's a passing situation. So they have to be a triple threat. I think Tamaji Piran fits that mold, especially at 233, um, and he carries it well. Strong, extremely strong running back. Um, I really like him. I really, uh, I, I like a lot of these backs, and, and like I said, one of them is Tamaji Piran. So. Well, I, I think that I listen. If Joe Mixon had not gotten in trouble, uh, Perrin Samarji would ha- have stayed in at least one more year because Mixon would have come out uh, this year anyway, and he would have started the past couple years. Um, now, we all know about the Mixon situation. I've been saying, okay, with all these other kids, with all these red flags, he did one stupid, very unthinkable or unconscionable thing. Very stupid, very unconscionable. With so many kids in this year's draft, with so many red flags, multiple red flags, um, Mixon went somewhere else. Uh, actually, just before the Redskins had opportunity to pick him. Um, and, you know, Cincinnati did their homework. Now, what did this do for Samarji? Samarj, he, he was able to uh, raise his stock. He was able to raise his stock for OU. Now, he was a big reason as to why OU was able to bounce back from the early two losses to Ohio State and to um, Houston at the beginning of the year last year. He actually carried uh, the team on his back because the quarterback play was okay, but it wasn't nothing to write home about because in the clutch, the quarterback was unable to do the, uh, you know, pull the team through. Um, The only knock I have on him is he's a 233-pound back that gets winded, or they they changed him out several times. Um for injury or because he uh, needed whatever, a blow, whatever. In the pros, I don't know if that's going to work. Now, this also means that Matt Jones, the Florida running back that was drafted about three or four years ago, um, is definitely either on the trading block or 
uh, going to get cut. He lost his job to Rob Kelly, a undrafted, uh, unrestricted free agent that came in off the street pretty much and took the job from him. I don't think Rob Kelly's going to uh, beat out uh, Samarji for the the starting job by the end of the year, but I think Rob Kelly's going to have the opportunity to start. And depending on how uh, things work, he might give way to Samarj, uh sooner or later. Um, the Redskins like Chris, uh, I forgot Christopher's last name. Um, Who? But the, we have we have a third down back. I can't Chris remember Kelly? his name. Chris Not Thompson. Chris Kelly. Chris Thompson. There you go. They like Chris Thompson as the third down back to begin with. Um, he's also a good return man as well. So you might only require two downs from from Pete uh, Pierman or uh, or Kelly. And and they've gone to that earlier Kansas, not Kansas City, earlier um, Cincinnati model of swapping in and out. Now Cincinnati has three backs. One of them has to go. Yeah, I was going to say, One's it's going to be odd man out. Who do you think? Yeah. Um, I, I think it's going to – I think Giovanni's going to stay. Giovanni's going to stay. But if Mixon can prove that he can be that triple threat like you said – he might be, you know, suspect. I think Jeremy Hill is out. The reason why is because at the, towards the end of the year, Giovanni start taking over for Hill, running the rock in between the tackles and everything else. So I think that spells doom when you bring Mixon in. If Mixon keeps his nose clean and he does what he can do, it's it for Jeremy Hill. Because Mixon can run you over, he can run past you, and he can catch the ball. So, you know, that that's why I think uh, it's Jeremy Hill. But let's go over these other teams. Let's go over these other teams real quick because uh, mm-hmm. we only have uh, like 30-some minutes left. Um, what is this, only an hour show? Only hour show. Only hour show. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's go Buffalo. Buffalo, had, they drafted Tredavious White. Uh, Zay Jones Deion Dawkins In the first three rounds Now Let me let me be very clear um, Zay Jones is not The best Receiver But at the spot they picked him Very good value They got him with 27 pick overall um, and, and what you do is You you add to uh, Watkins, to Sammy Watkins and Reed, and you give your versatile quarterback an opportunity to, uh, how should I say, um, move around and, and feel a little bit more comfortable. Um, here? I'm here. I'm here. I, I'm trying to trying to think of a way to – to, to talk about this pick Buffalo They did a decent job um, They got uh, Deion Dawkins To protect uh, uh, Your boy Tyrod Taylor The problem with, with uh, 
Dawkins is. He's a big guy. I believe he's out of Temple, if I'm not mistaken. He's a big guy that can engage you and move you. But if you're moving around, he's not going to be able to move with you as a quarterback. Yes, slow feet. He's a mutter. He's a guy that if you're trying to run down the field and get yards, he'll push his guy two or three yards off the ball and make a hole. He's not a zone blocking or or mobile uh, type of, of lineman. So to me, it's a good pick, but not for what they're doing up there in Buffalo with Tyrod Taylor, unless they're going to make Tyrod be more of a con- conventional uh, quarterback and go under center more often. That's the only reason why I would see that being a a very high quality pick for them. Davis, you know what can I say? Very good value, very good pick. Um, but for me. I, I I don't think Buffalo did themselves too big of a favor with with uh, Dawkins unless they're going more to a power running game. What you got? You go ahead and my take favorite, Miami. My favorite pick, and I've talked about him. I don't know if you know what I've been talking about, him, but I've been talking this kid up. Um, I think he's he's got the remote most he's got the most receptions in this year of the. Uh, all the wide receivers. Um, Zay Jones, um, maybe not a maybe not a speed burner, but a, extremely reliable receiver. And uh, Tyrod Taylor needs somebody to throw to other than Sammy Watkins, who has a hard time staying on the field. Zay Jones is, is Zay Jones is a type of guy that can do that. Uh, I know they like to run the football, but they need consistency out of the uh, uh, wide receiver. Com- um, position when they um, um, throw the football, and Zay Jones can provide him that. Okay, your Houston Texans are on the clock, and they are about to select. Uh, you must be far behind me because. Uh, well, I don't know. You guys got Julian Davenport, offensive tackle. Yes. Don't know too much about the kid. But we do need help on the, on the um, O line. What I'm understanding is that he is a project. He may not be a right away starter, and probably no. he's uh, um, uh, just needs a little bit um, seasoning and strengthening um, from uh, the trainers in Houston, the coaching staff, and and then he'll be a solid um, protector of. Uh, um, Whoever the quarterback, preferably just Sean Watson. He's um, six six. I'll tell you, he's six six. He's out of yep. Bucknell, and he looks like he can move. Uh, tackle in the NFL, maybe not. Um, but they're drafting him in the fourth round to do that. Um, I, I believe that he's more of a uh, zone blocking type tackle. Because his lateral movement looks really good, but again, that's against you know D two D three players, uh, and we'll see we'll see in the end how that works out. But uh, let's move on to Miami. Miami picked up Charles Harris, Raquan McMillan, 
Cord what? Cordrea uh Tart I can't even get this dude's name. Tankersley. Tankersley. I'm sorry. I couldn't get that name. But the linebacker is what I want to talk about. I want to talk about Raquan McMillan. Tankersley. Tankersley. Tankersley, okay. Um, he's out of Clemson, by the way. Uh but Raquan McMillan falling to the second round and get him, you know, fifty four overall. That, my friends, is is a steal. Miami already has a, a nice set of running uh, uh, linebackers, uh, and you add this guy to the mix, um, you and and you already got Dominican Sue and all these other guys down there on that defensive line. Miami's coming after Tom Brady. They're coming after any and everybody. I'm just going to keep it real. They're loading up on defense, and they're making it known that they're going to uh, come after the, the the quarterback with the guys that they pick. Um, again, you got Harris, um, Charles Harris at number 22. Uh, good pick. Very, very good pick. He needs to do a couple things to to be a better run stopper. But Miami said, we're going to go defense and we're going to go hard. So I think that was a set of good picks for Miami. What do you think? Um, Raquan McMillan, like I had said before, there's going to be guys that are first-round talents that are going to be pushed back because of the talent level of the players that are in this draft. And to get him at in, in the second round is a steal, when you put it that way. Um, I really like this guy. This guy's a thumper. Um, and and uh, it's going to go well with what they have in place right now. Harris and, and Tankersley uh, should fit in well. You were right. Tom Brady... You better you better put some extra padding on because um, the Miami Dolphins are definitely going to be coming after you and coming after you hard. And I gotta believe that even though the Buffalo Bills, who haven't made the playoffs since um, Vic was born, um, uh, um, is, is trying to do the same thing. Uh, the Jets have a lot of holes. Uh, one of the things that they want to do is stretch. Emphasize the defense and try to knock off the top dog, which happens to be perennial um, AFC East champion, New England, New England Patriots. And in order to do that, you got to cut off the head, and the head is Tom Brady. In order to cut off the head and Tom Brady, you got to be able to rush the football. I mean, uh, run, uh, rush the passer, and uh, give Tom Brady a headache. Plain and simple. Give give him a headache. Well, when, when teams have been able to give Tom Brady a headache and put pressure on him, um, is when they've been uh, the most effective playing against the Patriots, and that's what the Miami Dolphins are planning to do. Uh, obviously. Okay, good because you said the Jets. I'm like, you still trying to relive well, the glory the days? I, I, well, I'm saying the Jets. 
Um, I, I, I mentioned Miami. I mentioned Buffalo, and I also me- I mentioned the Jets. The Jets are – I told you, the Jets have a lot of holes. But well, they, they want – they with a defensive-minded coach, they want to be able to uh, – one thing is rush the uh, uh, opposing quarterback. And you play him two, two, two uh, times a year, so you want to be able to disrupt Tom Brady and, and that rhythm offense – uh, with a, with a decent pass rush, Miami is is um um prob I wouldn't say probably Whoa. is one team. Miami is one team that can at this point in time, the way their team is set up, it challenged the Patriots for the AFC um uh, division. So that's what I'm hey. talking about Miami. But the Jets got a long way to go, and so does and, some, and Buffalo has a ways to go too. In order to, to to be any kind of force in the uh, AFCs. Okay, two things. First of all, uh, Pittsburgh p- picks Joshua Dobbs over Peterman out of Pittsburgh, which was an upsetting—not upsetting, but a shocking pick to me. Joshua Dobbs out of Tennessee is a very good quarterback, but I don't think he's better than Peterman. Um, and to your point, uh, and we can quickly get over the. AFC East with this one. Um, Patriots, they sign uh, Brandon Cook and Cody Ely. Uh, neither one of them got a extension on the contract, so they can walk sooner or later. Uh, they picked up uh, Derek Rivers and Antonio Garcia in the draft. Um, so they got a pass rusher, and they got uh, – a, a developmental guy, which is fine, um, not a not a bad deal, um, but the Jets they went safety safety, which is very good for them. They got Jamal Adams at number six and Marcus May at number thirty nine, um, and then Adris Stewart at number seventy nine. Uh, they they're replacing their entire secondary. You know, uh, and getting a receiver like uh, Adrius Stewart, that that's 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 pretty solid. Now, who's going to throw him the ball is the problem. Um, but I think that the Jets have retooled and they are ready to take on the Patriots, as you were saying, and and wreak some havoc. So I'm glad that we talked about you did talk about them, so we don't have to spend any more time discussing either one of those teams. Uh, let's move on, though, to the Ravens. Let's go to the AFC North, where the Ravens, you know, Marlon uh, Humphrey, number 16, Tyus Boiser, uh, Chris Wormley, and Tim Williams. Now, here's the deal. You know, Terrell Suggs is old. Suggzilla or Suggs, T-Sizzle, whatever you call him, um, you got to find a replacement for him. You got to. And Bowser seems like he's that pass rusher that's going to do it. Um, and then Tim Williams is somebody that you say, well, you know what? I can use him. He has potential. He has potential to be a very, very solid pass rusher as well. And then Marlon Humphrey, their number 16 overall pick, you know, they went cornerback. That says a lot about Baltimore right now, um, especially 
thinking they might need a running back. I mean, I'm not sure what it is their plans are for running back, but it doesn't look like they're 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 headed in that direction in this draft, or at least through the first three rounds with their first four picks. Um, but what do you think? I think uh, Baltimore is going to take a step back. I really believe that. Um, they were, what, 8-8 eight and eight last year? I'm surprised if they get to 500 this year. Um, I think that the ship has passed on that Baltimore franchise, and um, um, I do believe, like you're right, that they need a, a running back. And for whatever reason, they haven't picked up one. They, they seem to think that what they have in place now is sufficient because the – I know I told there was a, uh, plenty of running backs in this class, um, but they're quickly off coming off the board. And uh, I don't know uh, if um, Baltimore is uh, going to be able to pick up one that, that's going to be um, effective. They got decent picks, but because this division is – Improving at a faster pace, in my opinion, than Baltimore, I think they're 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 going to be competing, and, and this is going to be a big blow. This is going to be huge, and, and this is going to be a wow moment. They're going to be p- competing for the bottom rung of the AFC North. Okay, let's go to Cincinnati who I believe, you know, had a very, very good pick with Joe Mixon. Um, and here's the deal. Uh, Jordan Willis is one of those players, like you said, that had higher-rated talent, but he fell to them in the third round, um, which is good. Their number one pick, ninth overall, uh, John Ross, uh, you know, speed galore. Speed galore. But they got to develop him. You know, he's going to be number two uh, for uh, A.J. Green, which is fine, because you, that that's a good uh, situation to come into. You're not expected to be the number one guy. You have someone like A.J. Green ahead of you that you can learn and take it full advantage of the one-on-one coverage that you're going to receive. Now, can he do it? I don't know. I just don't know. But let's move on to Cleveland. Now, other than, and I'm going to tell you, I agree with Warren Sapp and everybody else that says that Miles um, Garrett should not have been the number one pick. I personally think he's going to be the next Courtney Brown for the Cleveland Browns. Um, yeah, I saw that. I saw that. But I think he's going to be injury prone, and he's not going to be on the field as much as uh, they need him to be. But I love the Jabril Peppers and David uh, Joku pick. Um, Deshaun Kaiser, very good pick. Larry uh, Boy is, is a good pick as well. I mean, they are really killing it in the draft because Kaiser, even though, um, you know, he's coming out of Notre Dame, had a terrible season this past year, I think he's coachable. And I think that uh, given a strong run game, he'll be uh, well-prepared. You give him the best tight end coming out of college, and you set yourself up for success. 
Jabril Peppers, hybrid player. I know the kid, you know, had uh, a recent off-the-field situation, um, but the kid can play safety. He can play linebacker, and he just makes plays. That's the bottom line. He makes plays. Now, if his diluted sample is, you know, because of he was trying to hide the fact that he was. I know, but what I'm saying, what if it's because he was trying to hide his marijuana use or he was trying to hide, uh, you know, performance enhancer use. That's a flag. Got it. Cleveland is rich in the first three rounds with all those picks that they got. And um, very, very pleased at what they did. Other than their number one pick, I thought they should have gotten, um, if they were going to go number one and they needed a quarterback, which they did, Deshaun Watson should have been that guy. Um, If not Watson, and they stayed a defensive lineman, uh, and I was surprised what San Francisco did. San Francisco got the kid out of uh, Stanford. I thought they were going to get old boy out of Tennessee. But they didn't. We'll get to San Fran in a while. Um, Kareem Hunt went to uh, Kansas City. That's a good running back right there out of Toledo. Uh, moving on, what are your thoughts about Cleveland? Oh, man, I, I think Cleveland killed it. Absolutely killed it, moving up and down the board and being able to maneuver with, with the picks they had. Uh, Garrett, I have to beg to differ on Garrett. He even said that he's going he's gonna to have to pick his game up. He's going to have to get stronger and, and, and uh, said quite a few things to kind of dispel the naysayers as yourself. Um, I love the, the Miles Garrett. Huge. I said yesterday, or I said it on Thursday, and I don't know if you were on it at the time, but I think, uh, uh, well, maybe I didn't well, say it. But Cleveland, me, maybe I would have stayed. There's always a, some, some surprise teams that, uh, according to experts, come out of nowhere. Well, I'm not an expert, but Cleveland is coming out of nowhere. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if they leap over a couple teams in their division and come in second in this division. I mean, you get Ooh. all these good picks. You get all these good picks um, with a offensive coordinator slash head coach as Hugh Jackson. Um, with the, as many picks as they have, especially high draft picks, being able to pick four guys, four guys that they had in the first round, um, um, and then uh, um, well, three guys in sorry, three guys in the first round, and then pick up uh, uh, another guy uh, in the second and third round. Um, I'm telling you, man. Cleveland is loading up, and those those uh, um, head scratchers and things that they were doing that people were wondering what the heck's going on are going to pay off. And I'm thinking Chicago is trying to do the same thing, but I think they're going to fall short. Um, and the Niners are, are trying to gear up to make a run too. But I'm thinking Cleveland is going to be one of those surprise teams of this year. Cleveland needs to fix their quarterback situation. They have a bunch of talent around them, around the the organization, but 
the quarterback. Who's going to be the quarterback? Kaiser is not ready. Osweiler is said to be getting cut to save money. Um, there's a ton of, of talent there, a ton of talent. Um, but I, I just don't see Cleveland having a, a running, uh, not a running back, a quarterback situation that's going to be conducive to them winning consistently enough to be second in the AFC North. I have Pittsburgh. Um, then I, I, I think uh, Baltimore, I don't think they're going to fall off that much as you think they are, but I think uh, Cincinnati is probably going to be the last out of the four teams and Marvin Lewis will finally get fired. I'm, I'm sorry to say that, but uh, I don't think Marvin is going to last after this year. Uh, but let's go to another team or the final team in, in the North. And that's the Steelers. They picked up T.J. Watt. Phenomenal pick, especially at number 30. Juju Smith-Schuster, very good receiver, very good. He's going from the West Coast to the East Coast. He's going from a pass-happy offense to a I want to be pass-happy, but I got Le'Veon Bell, so I'm going to run the rock. So that's a good pick. Uh, Cameron Sutton and James Conner. Look. Uh, it's crazy how good Pittsburgh did. And they also uh, picked up, as I said, uh, the quarterback out of Tennessee. Now, I think Peterman, Peterman out of Pittsburgh would have been the better selection, but they didn't get him, which is fine. Um, but Pittsburgh, they, they've done well in this draft. They've done very well in this draft. What are your thoughts on their pick so far? Rich keep, keep getting richer. Um, rich keep getting richer. Uh, Pittsburgh has always had a solid um, um, scouting scouting uh, uh, organization and always, uh, for the most part, had solid picks. And I think they've done it, and, and, and I would say knocked it out of a park, but did very well. Um, I'm, I'm, big, I'm another Running back James Conner. They got rid of D'Angelo Williams, backing up Le'Veon Bell. Great compliment, and he can even be a feature back if necessary, James Conner. So um, I'm loving this. Um, there's a little infighting between the existing. I don't know if you heard about this, Pittsburgh Steelers on Twitter or Instagram, one of us, that Matavius uh, um, Bryant saying that their newest draft pick is coming after Sammy Coach's. Uh, um, job. Sammy Coates go, going uh, went back at the um, um, Bryant, Bryant not here. Um, and then uh, Mike Tomlin jumping on on Twitter and says, "Play nice, boys." So this is going to be some serious competition, and between the wide receivers and who's going to get the um, the positions and and stay on that squad. <clears throat> I'll tell you like this. Um, Martavius Bryant is the one that's on the hook right now because, you know, he let Eli uh, jump in and take a lot of shine from him, a lot. And if I'm not mistaken, he couldn't even get on the field because he's right now was uh, reinstated from his his uh, his. Uh, 
year-long suspension. So it ain't Sammy Coates that's, I think, that's in trouble because Sammy Coates came on toward the end of the year, um, maybe not as much as he needed to, but at least he had questionable hands, man. He's got questionable hands. He can I, catch – out, out of ten balls, he may catch four. That's that's but, how bad he is. But but he's on the field. That's the difference. Martavis Bryant well, is on the he, field to if, catch if, the ball. If he if he if he's only forty percent, I'll give him fifty percent catching um, t- football. He won't be on the field long, guaranteed. Well, guaranteed. Maybe, he won't neither. maybe neither. But right now, Sammy Coates, I think his position is safe. Uh, in comparison to uh, Mar- uh, Martavius Bryant, he needs to get his act together, stop messing around with the the marijuana or whatever it is he's me- he's putting in his system. He needs to stop that. But let's move on um, briefly. Now, a team that I believe is going to do very well this year because Tom Coughlin is shaping them in their image is Jacksonville Jaguars. I love what they've done. Leonard Fournette, Cam Robinson, Dwayne Smoot. So they get the running back they need. They get the offensive lineman that they need. And, you know, I look at it like this. Cam Robinson is a beast. Okay? Inside or outside? Beast. Right? Um, The thing is this. Leonard Fournette. If y'all remember back when when Tom Coughlin was the coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars, some of y'all probably have no idea that he was. He had Mark Brunel, Jimmy Smith, Keenan McCardle, and he had a, a particular running back that I loved. Charles Taylor. Called Fred Taylor. I mean, yeah, Get it Fred right. Taylor, Fred Taylor out of Florida. Leonard Fournette is like Fred Taylor. And that was the success that got Tom Coughlin and the uh, second year, second year Jacksonville Jaguars to the AFC Championship. Now, remember, they were an expansion team. And in their second year, they went to the AFC Championship. Now, Freaky Fred and them, they never made it all the way to the Super Bowl, but they did get that close. Leonard Fournette is, and under Tom Coughlin, as their player personnel or, or their GM, Jacksonville is going to make noise in the South because Bortles and the receivers are now going to have a consistent running back to take the pressure off of him and them. Um, and Julius Thomas will come back and do better. Uh, trust me. Uh, you can't stay healthy, man. He's, he's he will outside, outside of uh, freaking um, uh, Denver. Denver. He cannot stay healthy. Well, that this is what I'm telling you because he will not be the prime target all the time anymore. He'll he'll be healthy. Trust that. But uh, what do you think so far of Jacksonville's uh, draft? Cam Robinson is a beast. Um, you know how I feel about running backs, man. And really good running backs, and like I always said, there's a lot of running backs. Um, Leonard Fournette, um, unfortunately, went to a team that's in my division that we have to deal with 
uh, twice a year, home and away. Um, but he's a beast. Uh, I think uh, it'll be proven that he can catch the football out of the backfield, and he'll be a three, definitely a three-down back. I know they got Chris Ivory. I know they got T.J. Yeldon. But guess what? The pecking order is Leonard Fournette and whoever. Plain and simple. Leonard Fournette and whoever. Um, number four, you're not you're not behind Ivory, who's good until 2018 in contract, and, and but that's not guaranteed. And, and T.J. Yeldon. So I'm loving Leonard Fournette and his. Uh, and I think the um, picks that uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars have done so far are going to definitely benefit their team and uh, protect Blake Bortles, which is a, the most important thing. Tom Coughlin wants to be able to run the football and put zero, uh, less risk on the quarterback when he passes. Um, I know Doug Marone's the coach. But Tom Coughlin's philosophy is going to trickle down um, to Doug Marone and, and be a little bit more conservative because um, that's the philosophy that um, Tom Coughlin has along with Doug Marone and be able to run the football uh, uh, and uh, um, control the clock and control Blake Bortles. He's getting all these weapons in, in front of him. Uh, if, he, if he can't do it in the fourth year of his uh, NFL career, it's going to be a problem for Blake. Okay. Well, um, we'll see. We we can briefly go over uh, the Colts and Titans real quick. Um, Titans, I think, had a very good draft so far. But Indianapolis saw the sign that they needed to fix and it was their secondary, and they went and got uh, Malik Hooker, Quincy Wilson, and Terrell Basham, all very good players and needed players, um, I think, um, to help out their secondary, a much-needed help for sec- for the secondary. Um, so we've already discussed that they have more problems than that. Uh, they need somebody to protect um, Ryan, not Ryan Luck, Andrew Luck, and we got 90 seconds left to live there. We'll go to briefly in the overtime because I know JT's going to uh, finish up the draft tomorrow on the master mm-hmm. plan. But exactly. uh, Tennessee, real what time quick. is that? T- 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, master plan. Be there. Okay, uh, Tennessee got Corey Davis, Andore Jackson. Taiwan Taylor and uh, Janu Smith. They have four of the top 100 picks, and they get Corey Davis at number five. Great pick. Yeah, uh, Dory, a uh, uh, Dory. I'm sorry, Jackson at 18. Taiwan Taylor at 72, and uh, Janu Smith at 100. I think they did a very good job for what they needed. Um, they got a receiver in in Taylor. Um, uh, they got a nice tight end in in Smith. Excuse me, 
Um, I think that kid was out of a uh, D2 school. And Corey Davis is is somebody that slipped, that could have been picked up a lot earlier. Uh, but real quick, what do you think about him? Tennessee Titans picks. This, this team scares me, really scares me. Um, I see him making a nice leap um, and uh, um, really contending for the the uh, title in, in in the AFC South uh, up against Houston. Um, Colts are in trouble. I think they're going to be in the bottom of the barrel. Um, it, it, I, I think they're going to be in the bottom of the barrel. If you notice in this in this uh, AFC South, they're, they're gearing up on defense. The defense is is a lot lot stronger than it was in prior years. Um, and uh, the only one that has the weakest defense, and I said it last year, and I'll say it again, is the Indianapolis Colts. Um, and they need a lot of help on the defensive side of the ball and, like you had said before, to protect Andrew Luck. So I think they're going to be the weak link in this AFC South because this is the Tennessee Titan team that wants to pound the football with a very accurate quarterback in Marcus Mariota who doesn't give you many turnovers to benefit from. Um, so um, this this team really scares me. They got two solid running backs. Um, they they needed a wide receiver. Uh, they got one. I think they also um, drafted another one, if I'm not mistaken, in the um, third or fourth round. I mean, the fourth fourth round, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and uh, they're they're definitely on the rise, and, and they're going to be another su- supposedly surprise team this year. All right. Um, and your Texas just picked the defensive attack out of out of. Uh... I believe out of Clemson, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, I'm not going to stay too much longer. I just want to let everybody know uh, that Kansas City, they sent a message to Alex Smith. Patrick Mahomes is second. Tanu Caspian, Kareem Hunt, and now uh, Jehu Chesson out of Michigan. Chesson is a very good receiver. He's underrated in my opinion, but it is what it is. Uh, last team we're going to talk about right now, and uh, I'll let you wrap everything up tomorrow, um, Kansas City. You know, it's went over their picks. I'm going to be in that area. I'm probably going to end up going to a couple of, of games, and I'm going to see this stuff up front. You couple what they have right now. I'm talking about Tyreek Hill special teams guy, and a versatile guy, uh, along with uh, this tall, I can go, you know, in the in the middle of the field and catch the ball receiver and, and still run away from you type player. It's crazy. And then you got, uh, you know, folks looking at the abilities that the Patrick Mahomes is going to have under Andy Reid. What are your thoughts on Kansas City's picks thus far? And I, I don't like the fact that the Giants just got Wayne Gallum. <laughs> I really don't. Yes, I really don't. I saw, I saw that. Yeah, they've got Wayne, and Wayne Gallman. And uh, just, just briefly, uh, the Colts, 
Picked up uh, a, a running back in Marlon Mack, who's no slouch either at 5'11", 213. He's no slouch yeah. out either. So, San Diego um, State. No, Marlon Max out of uh, South Florida, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, Marlon Mack, Marlon Mack is out of, and I'll tell you in a minute. Yes, yeah, South Florida, uh, 5'11", 213. Um, so the oldest running back in um, the NFL, Frank Gore, got a young boy behind him that's itching to take his spot. Let me put it that way. Marlon Mack, uh, even though he got – Drafted in the late part of the fourth round is no joke. Um, Kansas City Chiefs, I was real surprised. And I I had heard rumblings uh, leading up to the draft that he was uh, um, um, the Kansas City Chiefs had fallen in love with this kid. You're right, Alex Smith is on notice that this kid can push it down the field um, like like, uh, um, Kansas City wants to do, like Andy Reid wants to do, be able to push the ball down the field, which Alex Smith has an affinity not to, that um, he's going to sit behind Alex Smith, learn a trade, um, try to rein him in. He's supposed to be Brett Favre-esque in Patrick Mahomes II. Um, and um, be able to um, <clears throat> use his talents the best way Andy, Andy Reid uh, wants them to be used. Um one of the best coaches. He's one of those few coaches in the league that is a, um, lack of a better word, a quarterback whisperer. And uh, I think that with the, who they got in Kareem Hunt, um, Tanu, um, Pasagon, Pasagon, whatever his name is, and Patrick Mahomes, um, they already got a lot of things in place. Um, they need a reliable running back, and they need a quarterback that can push the football down the field and stretch defenses. Um, maybe not this year quite naturally, but um, Alex Smith has been in the year 12 years, if not longer. I think 12, 13 years. So Almost, yeah. Depending on how he progresses, um, will be take, will be the uh, successor as, as long as he progresses like Andy Reid wants him to. Um, very good draft for them. I agree 110%. Kansas City is going to be the number two team coming out of the West. Uh, Marshawn Lynch and the Raiders are coming out of there. Uh, Denver is going to be the bottom of the barrel there. Honestly, uh, listen, they got a couple decent players, but I don't think they did well enough. I'll let you talk about that tomorrow. Um, San Diego did very well, in my opinion, Um, but we'll talk about that at a later date. Got to get ready to get out of here. Uh, 3 o'clock in the morning. Got to go to bed. But, with that being said, I want to thank JTAT and Money for coming on. Uh, I want to give a big shout out to my homie, Real Rich, who's at the draft, doing the job that I wish I was doing uh, my next assignment. And uh, he's having a blast. Uh, Just to give you a heads up, Jerry, I did not get the Atlanta Falcons job. Uh, so I will not be going to the Atlanta Falcons. Um, actually, the place that I'm going to next, person that I'm replacing, he got the Atlanta Falcons job. Oh, so, wow. Really? Yeah. So wow. that sucks. <laughs> um, wow. 
But hey, I just learned this on uh, Thursday afternoon uh, after I got off the phone or after I got off the show with you guys. Uh, that's what I learned. That uh, yeah. So that kind of chaps my hide a little bit, but it's okay. I'm gonna move forward and I'm gonna move on. Um, with that being said, uh, we'll see you here next week, ladies and gentlemen. Football's back. And uh, we're going to talk about it. We're going to see how some things shake out because with all these picks, some people are going to get released. Some people are going to get traded. I think Kirk Cousins will be one of those people getting traded. I'm just saying. Uh, Especially if they get Peterman out of Pittsburgh. Um, Tall, uh, lanky guy with a decent arm. Uh, And he, he set the school record, so I know he can do it. With that being said, I got to get out of here. JT, ATM Money, you know what you got to do. All right, for those who've been, who's ha- been hanging with us uh, uh, in the overtime, we appreciate you uh, always. And, and uh, tune in next week uh, from me and yours and to you and yours and whoever. <laughs> I threw that up, but whatever. You've been listening <laughs> to. Fantasy Sports and Policy. You want to talk back? You in the right place. So take a step back before I get all up in your face. I know you got to live, you know I got mine. But there's like 50 other dudes holding on the phone line. Your voice will be heard, sir. Next caller, please. And if I don't concur, we can agree to disagree. We're talking fantasy, sports, and politics.